0: This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Daly. Our guest this week is Iowa U.S. Senator Joni Ernst. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by Syngenta, products and services designed to help a farmer's return on investment. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with U.S. Senator Joni Ernst, next. Commodity prices remain under pressure. That's why now, more than ever, farmers are focused on their return on investment. More and more, they depend on Syngenta products and services designed to increase their ROI. See the Syngenta seed innovations made for ROI. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. The list of agriculture's challenges this year include negotiating new trade deals, trade tariffs, and developing new farm policy. Iowa U.S. Senator Joni Ernst is participating in White House deliberations on possible changes to the renewable fuel standard and RIN values. Senator Ernst says Farmer Concerns are justified.
1: Senator Grassley and I have been participating in meetings with the White House. We had two meetings uh, where we went to stress to the President and uh, some of my colleagues that may not fully support the RFS, just stress to them what many in the Midwest already know that we do have to have a strong and robust RFS and it really does encourage consumer choice and investment and innovation um, so that was our message to the president to our colleagues and I think that our corn growers do uh, they do have the right to be concerned uh, I don't want to see anything that undermines the the RFS and our ability to produce ethanol um, certainly we have folks in the Congress that see things the other other way and I don't want to see um, them trying to undermine the RFS as well and they seem to have caught the the president's ear a little bit moving that direction so we continue to have those discussions um, and we will continue to fight for the RFS.
0: Are Secretary Purdue and Administrator Scott Pruitt on the same page?
1: Well I can't speak for either one of them I just as an observer in In the meetings, I think that they want to find a consensus moving forward. I don't know that they are in lockstep with one another, though. So that's just my observation. Um, What I would like to see them do is fully support the RFS. It is currently law. Um, So we want to make sure that we're doing right by the promises that were made to um, not only Midwesterners but America as a whole trying to wean us off of uh, it. Dependence on foreign oil sources and move to cleaner burning uh, sources of energy.
0: There were some questions about where Secretary Purdue stood, and at the commodity classic, he was clear and said he didn't want to support anything that would reduce the use of ethanol, and in fact wanted to build that as we approach 2022 when the standards for volume would be set by EPA.
1: Well, and I I know that he has said that, and we just need to. Push that, so people will look at uh, every situation a little differently, um, having the RIN cap as proposed by many opponents of the RFS. Could very well undermine the RFS. I don't see that as really a viable part of a solution unless it would be um, a manageable level of cap. I, I proposed a, a dollar fifty. You know, a half ingest jest because that's twice at what Rins are going for now. Um, but uh, but we really do have to make sure that it the numbers work out and that we're not doing anything that will discourage uh, refiners from, from going out there, working with the ethanol industry, making sure we're blending and getting those choices out to consumers.
0: Recent study from Iowa State says that a low ren cap, 10 or 20 cents, would cut ethanol use by about 700 million gallons. Senator, that's 250,000 bushels of corn why are these REN values so critical?
1: Well they are critical because again that's the um the incentive or the encouragement for these refiners to get out there and utilize ethanol products um to partner and, and make sure that they are blending. If it's like paying a fine, basically. So if they say um, oh, I'm not going to blend, and the fine, or I don't want to blend, and the the fine is so low. I'm just going to write a, a check. I'm just going to write a check for rins. Um, it doesn't encourage them to blend. But if there is a little stiffer penalty out there, or a little bit higher RIN cost, they would say, you know what, it makes sense for me to blend ethanol. So I'm going to do that. It's the right thing to do. So it's. Um, you know, it's okay. There are a lot of refineries out there. They simply write checks, no skin off their back. But if they want to do the right thing, they should be uh, participating and, of course, wanting to provide greater choices to conser- consumers across the United States.
0: If I'm not mistaken, RINs are generated by refiners that blend ethanol. So is this really not more of an internal struggle between refiners well, than, and- than with, the, with corn growers or with... Uh, biofuel industry?
1: Yes, and so um, we have, have mentioned that too, because what you see is that there are those refiners that are able to generate those RINs, and then you have those that are not. Uh, and so there the costs and the payments are going back and forth between those uh, refiners. Uh, it doesn't really impact the corn growers they don't receive those dollars it's really the refiners that you know hypothetically are receiving those dollars but what it does do is again you know undermine the very the very purpose of the rfs so we want to make sure that that we continue to provide a valuable resource an alternative energy source for the United States. So um, we'll continue supporting the RFS, making sure that whatever is proposed makes sense. Um, So again, you referenced a study earlier in our conversation. It's important that those studies are looked at by the White House, by the administration, and understanding the impacts of putting low caps on these wrens and what it will do to our corn growers and our ethanol industry.
0: From your position, is the answer an amended EVP that would allow the year-round sale of V15? Would that solve the problem?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, and it's one thing that even the refiners have stated. If we do E15 year-round, it would bring those rent prices down. So our solution, if you really want a win-win, it is simply by doing a waiver for the reed vapor pressure and allowing E15 to be sold year-round and, again, increasing consumer choice. Um, They have agreed with that, but they want more. They want more. Um, So they are trying to cap that rent price as well. Um, Let's start with the easy fix, which is simply by allowing the EPA to go back, amend um, the rules they have, allow E-15 to be sold year-round. If that doesn't bring the rent prices down, you know, let's take a look at it. Then we can come back to the table. But we think that is an easy, immediate fix.
0: I know you can't speak for the Texas Senator, but I'm curious, what did Ted Cruz receive that convinced him to release a 179-day hold on Bill Northey's USDA nomination?
1: Well, that is a really good question because I don't know what went on behind the scenes, and I certainly can't speak for the uh, senator from Texas. Um, I am just thankful that we have Bill Northey confirmed confirmed unanimously. Um, So the hold was, um, in my estimation, it was pretty ridiculous. He was being held over an issue that was not related to the Northey position at USDA. And I would just remind, you know, my folks back in Iowa, I would just remind them, remember what the junior senator from Texas has done. Um, And when he swings back through Iowa trying to speak for Iowa farmers just remind him that he held up a very important nomination and work that was supposed to be done um, through conservation programs through the USDA were also held up. We're working on the farm bill right now and it is imperative that we have everybody in place at the USDA so that we can get that farm bill done. That farm bill also impacts voters in Texas.
0: One more step on with regard to this issue as it relates to agriculture farm income is down 53 percent from its peak in 13 and the usda says down probably another six or seven percent this year if you gut the rfs what does that mean for corn farmers in iowa and for agriculture across the country
1: well a lot of instability in the markets and a great concern out there you know what farmers are doing a great job of being very efficient and producing more. Um, but unfortunately, even though they're producing more, we do see that um, this is, I, I believe, the fifth consecutive year where we have seen a drop in farm incomes, and it is pretty significant. There are many of our smaller farmers, some of our beginning farmers, it won't be able to weather this storm. So when you look at the impacts of discussions on changes to the RFS, if you look at the discussions about oh, you know, let's get out of NAFTA, that coming from the administration, all of that is impacting our farmers, whether it's through you know, the the corn farmers, whether it's soy, whether it's um, hogs or poultry, all of that is impacted by some of these discussions that we see at the White House right now.
0: Senator, in your opinion is this administration becoming more protectionist or just talking tough and acting tough on trade
1: well a little of both Um, and the president was quite clear that he wanted to address trade issues when he was going through his campaign but of course when you talk about trade issues and even if he is just talking tough you have to understand the implications even just talking tough can affect the markets. Um, so we have we have laid out those graphs and charts for the president. I have personally done that at the White House, um, just uh, visiting with him about the impacts of some of his words um, when it comes to trade. So the American people understood that you know he would be tough on trade. But what we were hoping as well is that with that talk. Uh, about being tough on other countries, that it would be well thought through, um, understanding that anytime you make a decision in one area, like we see see with the steel tariffs, uh, there will be an action um, out there that impacts other industry. So I use the steel tariffs as an example, and we know that likely then there would be repercussions. And the easiest area to target when there are repercussions or retaliation is always agriculture. So, you know, with the RFS talk, with possible retaliation against agriculture, I think it sets our farmers up for a a very bad year as well.
0: You recently traveled to South Korea and to Japan, uh, and for matters of trade and international relations, what did you learn there, including your visit with Federal Iowan uh, Terry Branstad?
1: Oh, well, I'll start with that one. Um, Ambassador Branstad and I had a very important and productive discussion, again, about fostering stronger trade partnerships for our ag exports, um, and we also talked a little bit about national security as well because that really was the focus of my trip. But interestingly enough, any time that I am uh, visiting with leaders, uh, especially our, our defense ministers in other countries as well as uh, their, their foreign affairs ministers, um, if we are talking about defense, Trade goes hand in hand, Um, because what we see is when we have strong trade partnerships with other nations, they typically tend to be stronger defense allies as well. Um, so what we want to see, of course, is that we are fostering trade, which is really important to folks throughout the Midwest, making sure that we're getting our ag exports out there. But when we are trading partners, then they tend to step up their game in being good allies with us, especially when we're pushing back against um, North Korea in a very, very tense time. Um, we find that as we are good um, Uh, export partners and we're we're sending more of our beef or soybeans into China. Uh that does tend to open up other gates of opportunity and talking about um important areas like the South China Sea. So They go hand in hand. Trade and defense go hand in hand. Um, When we have good trade partners, our national security interests are bolstered in those regions.
0: Senator, would you encourage the Trump administration to take a look at TPP again?
1: I would absolutely. I have been just a a strong proponent of TPP. Um are there ways that we can always do better in any trade agreement? Of course there are, but to simply not engage in TPP I didn't think was a solution. So I hope that we can go back Readdress TPP. Um, my thought with TPP is we, we came out of that agreement. We came out of those negotiations. So that weakens our position now in trying to get back in. But many of the, the partner countries that are involved in TPP, they would love to see the United States re-engage. They would much rather be a trade partner with the United States than be a trade partner with China. And China is right there already uh, engaging in discussions of their own, you know, trade policies throughout that region. And those countries, they already have enough Chinese influence throughout their culture. They would much rather uh, be partners with the United States.
0: Are you anxious to get working on the Farm Bill? I understand Senator Roberts says dialogue is taking place now.
1: Yes, we have been engaging, of course, with Senator Roberts, the, the chairman of our Ag Committee. Um, we continue to engage. He did uh, come to the office the other day. We sat down and we talked about my priorities with the Farm Bill. Um, certainly he's engaging every member of the committee on what their priorities are. A number of us have the, obviously the same priorities. Um, so we want to make sure that we are getting through the farm bill as quickly as we can now and making sure that we do get that reauthorized. Um, of course, things that I spoke to him about and many of. Asked- others have as well, would be maintaining that strong and robust crop insurance program. That's very, very important to our producers. Um, Also addressing conservation programs and making sure they make sense. Uh, The CRP program is one that I spoke to Chairman Roberts about. Of course, we want to make sure that we are following the original intent of the law, which was to really focus on vulnerable acres, those acres that are highly erosive That was really the intent of CRP, and what we see now, there are farmers that are putting their whole farms, even though they're not really – erodible acres. They're putting their whole farms into CRP, and they're being paid quite well by the federal government to do that. And we're simply cutting a lot of our younger farmers um, out of having an opportunity to farm those uh, productive acres. So, you know, we see some changes that might need to be made there, but those are all things that I I visited with Senator Roberts about.
0: Senator Ernst, thank you so much for taking time to spend with us here on this edition of Open Mic. It's Open Mic, and the tradition is... It, you have an open form.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity.
0: Our thanks to Iowa U.S. Senator Joni Ernst, our guest this week on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by Syngenta, products and services designed to help a farmer's return on investment.
1: For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Alley.